0: For Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Flames. Today, the Flames named Jeff Ward their head coach. We catch up on what's happened so far in the conference finals, and a Flames player has won another individual award. I'm Jess Belmosto, alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames for free. Wherever you get your podcasts, you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. Sean, I know that you were asleep when this news was announced. Yes, I
1: I do work the overnight (laughs) shift, so I had the lovely opportunity, I guess, to wake up to news, which happens once in a while. It happens rarely. Like normally if you're on a normal schedule, if, uh, if something happens in the middle of the night and maybe a, a team signs a guy out of Europe or something weird with time zones happen, you get to wake up to news. But um, now that I work overnight shifts, I guess all I'm doing is waking up to news. So <laughs> I did wake up to a bit of news this morning. Jeff Ward was named the Flames head coach.
0: Yeah. Uh, are you surprised or were you surprised by that at all?
1: I was not no, I'm not surprised by the news. Um, on on Saturday, Elliot Friedman had the report that you know things were turned mm-hmm. um, this way anyways. So I mean on, remember on Friday show, we t- kind of talked about guys and reporters that we trust and and no matter <laughs> what, you know, Friedman's in that category. so uh, when he said that on Saturday, I kind of figured this news was coming. Um, so I guess on on that front, no, I wasn't surprised to to hear the news. Um, at all. And even if Friedman hadn't had the report out on Saturday and it kind of came out of nowhere, um, I think all along there was at least a half chance, like 50% Mm -hmm. chance that Ward was going to be the Flames head coach. It could have gone either way. So uh, on all fronts, I'm not too surprised by the news. Um, There is one area of the news that I am surprised by and I'll get into that in a a Mm -hmm. second here, Jess, but I want to hear your reaction. Um, Were you surprised at all by the news?
0: No, I was actually kind of delighted. Because I think, obviously, I think it's the right move. And he seems to have brought the Flames, like, the locker room, you know, maybe on the same page and kind of like that chemistry team-wide, maybe not just with your line mates and things like that. So I hope that, you know, hopefully we have a full season next season. Who knows? But, um, you know, hopefully he keeps trending and – the positive direction as a coach
1: yeah for sure i think the the one area that i was surprised at like when i when i first read the news that he <laughs> was named head coach my my reaction was that was fast like wow that yeah happened. like there was like we've heard rumblings of washington interviewing babcock and and others for their head coaching position there was at least unless i missed something there was none of that in calgary like there was no yeah hey, the flames anything. have interviewed gallant or the flames have interviewed so and so um And it sounds like based on all the interviews Brad Tree Living and even Jeff Ward have done so far, it kind of seems like, you know, Tree Living knew and Tree Living made up his mind and um, Ward was ultimately the guy. And, you know, I think uh, if when we look back to the press conferences that everyone did after the flame season ended Tree living talked a lot about like just wanting to have some consistency behind the bench because as long as Tree living has been in calgary it's almost been a revolving door of coaches uh, mm-hmm. and all different kinds of coaches too which we've talked about before and in, in terms of you know whether you have a veteran coach who's a, kind of a hard ass or um, a younger guy trying to relate to the young players like the flames have tried everything and obviously none of it's worked. So um, looking back to that media availability where Tree living was, was talking about just wanting consistency behind the bench, I guess it would have been pretty easy then to make the conclusion that Ward would have been brought back. Um, you know, Twitter is obviously a tough place to gauge the reaction of anything. Um, but it's, it's what I'm on the most. And so it's kind of, I guess, that's my insight into yep. the Flames fan base. And if Twitter is an accurate representation of the Flames fan base, Jess, at least based on what I'm seeing, this news is not being met fully with approval. Uh, there's definitely a a side of the Flames uh, fan base that wanted that big name to come in, whether it was like a laviolette or you know pick any big name you want. <laughs> um, there's definitely a, a portion of the fan base that's disappointed in this news. Do you... Like, what, what do you think? Does that make sense to you? Are you kind of, can you see where they're coming from? Or um, is that just wanting change for the sake of wanting change?
0: I saw basically the same reaction too. I mean, I follow only a few Flames fans in comparison to you, I'm sure. But it wasn't well received. And I was kind of, um, I was kind of surprised, uh, you know, like there's, I, I don't know, I guess I don't understand why you'd want a huge change like that, especially when tree Living said like okay like we're looking for consistency right so I and don't know I think it's just a, a complaining for the sake of complaining
1: yeah I think the the thing that sucks about the way Jeff Ward's first I guess half season or three quarters of a season, like his first <laughs> coaching season as as a head coach uh albeit interim. The way it ended is probably the worst way for it to end as an interim head coach because it ended with like one big decision kind of being catastrophic and resulting in the season coming to an end right so it's it's that like classic leave a sour taste in your mouth kind of thing um which is not good for ward so um in terms of of earning brownie points with the fans now the thing and so this is kind of where i think the fans are coming from they remember that decision of of pulling talbot and putting in riddick and um kind of how much of a tire fire that was um, but everything we have to remember leading up to that point was I think really good for Jeff Ward from, from his perspective. Like he took over in November in a very like crappy and hard situation to take over a team um, and then ended up having a winning record uh, throughout the regular season. He beat a good jets team in a weird play in round that we've never seen before because uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic and then against Dallas, you know, he had to deal with some stuff with a k- Kachuk injury and a struggling first line. And he made a few adjustments and, you know, elevated a player like Toby reader who was playing well. So he recognized who was playing well and kind of made the right call. Um, so I think we have to remember everything was kind of going well and he was doing the right things. And, and he really was earning the head coaching job on a full-time basis instead of just an interim basis. And then at the end, it kind of all fell apart. And that's where I think a lot of fans, like, that's their memory of, of Ward in yeah. his first season as a head coach, which is kind of tough for Ward because it's a tough uh, reputation, I think, to kind of live with, but um, it's, it's short-sighted if that's all you think of Ward is that one coaching decision. Um, and, you know, I, I was thinking today, too, I was like, well, honestly, like, even if he did manage that situation properly where the Flames going to win that game, probably no. not. So, <laughs> like, I mean, how much could have he, could he have really done?
0: Yeah, I think that a lot of people obviously have, like, that whole recency bias, which, I mean, I don't blame them. But when you're making a decision about a head coach, you're not going off of the bubble. You're going off of what they did for you.
1: And another (laughs) positive, too, like, at least that I have heard from kind of reporters here in Calgary and and people in the know – is that the relationship that the flames like core players and star players have Mm. with Jeff Ward has probably been the best relationship that core has had with any head coach during their time in Calgary. Right. So So
0: I like that then. That's
1: yeah. Like it's been publicly (laughs) known that this core group has probably been a little harder to coach than, than other core groups around the NHL. Um, and it sounds like Ward has had the best relationship, um, among all the coaches and there's been lots of them who have been in Calgary so far. So, um, I mean, all signs have been positive uh, for Ward, except for one coaching decision in a, in a game that the Flames are probably going to lose anyway. Uh, but the best thing about kind of mistakes like that is that's like the easiest thing to learn from. Like when you make those, like I make catastrophic mistakes at my job all the time, um, but I make them once and, you know, it's it's the best way to learn stuff is making those crazy mistakes. So um, an interesting interesting day once again. And coming up next, Jess, we obviously just got through um, all the reaction and, and, and analysis of Jeff Ward being named the Flames head coach. So what happens next? What happens uh, with all the roster decisions that Brad Tree Living has to make? We'll get into that next. But first, let us tell you about our friends at Roman. Um, talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. And usually guys are uh, prone to just brush it off. Jess, I don't know about the, the guys in your life, but um, when it comes to you know anything medical related let alone erectile dysfunction it just kind of seems like at least for me i'm just like yeah i don't really need to go to the hospital i'll just kind of ride it out and we'll be fine. Are, pat- are the guys in your life similar?
0: Yeah, um, we would patch a broken leg at home if we could. We avoid the doctors at all costs. So there it's we go.
1: Funny. There we go. So uh, at least with Roman and erectile dysfunction, all of that is is being negated because the doctors are essentially on your computer uh, and in your own home. Um, and with an awkward disc topic like erectile dysfunction, uh, Roman makes it nice and easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe you real medication. It is safe, it is simple, and it is totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with their free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Uh, To get started, just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete your online visit. Erectile dysfunction, it used to be tough to tackle. But now there is Roman. You can complete your online visit today and connect with a healthcare professional to take care of it. So go to GetRoman.com com slash locked on NHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of an ED treatment. That is getroman.com slash locked on NHL. Get slash locked on NHL. And just just one more read here for you. It is from our friends at DoorDash, um, the food delivery app that is on your phone. I don't know about you, but there's definitely been a noticeable like trend in food like food crazes have been very prominent in in the last couple years like there's the Popeye's chicken sandwich which has caused like mayhem in the streets with people (laughs) trying to get it here in Calgary today is the first day that the Popeye's chicken sandwich has been available in Calgary I'm sure it's been available where you are uh, (laughs) in the northeastern U.S. for almost years at this point um so I'm thinking DoorDash is going to be my go-to delivery app to get one of these Popeye's chicken sandwiches right to my door. Jess, have you had one before? What should I be expecting?
0: I've never had it. Um, where I'm from, we don't have a Popeye's. The closest Popeye's is two and a half hours away. So unfortunately I have not.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. That's, I didn't know that. I just, that was a bad assumption out of me. Um, here's another thing though. And, and, and this is one where Canada and Calgary, um, Normally, we're, we're catching up to the Americans on these food trends. Uh, Taco Bell has announced in Canada only they're now going to have some sort of wine. Uh, mm. If I remember correctly, I believe it was a jalapeno wine or, or something crazy. But anyways, Taco Bell is having wine. What are your expectations for a wine from Taco Bell? Is that something you'd be game for or no?
0: I would be game for that. So Ooh, game.
1: Okay. There we go. And the best part about DoorDash is you don't have to go out whether the Popeyes is two and a half hours away or right around the corner. Uh, DoorDash will bring it right to your door with their safe delivery drop-off. It is contactless and safe for the driver and safe for your app. And, you know, we've talked about Popeyes and Taco Bell, but the great thing about DoorDash is you can choose whatever kind of food you want, whether it's pizza or Chinese or frozen yogurt. Uh, They have everything for you. They have over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. So you can support your local go-tos or those big, national. National chains Like we've mentioned earlier, uh, many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left right at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That is $5 off your order and zero delivery fees of your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget that is code LOCKEDONNHL, all one word, for $5 off your first order with DoorDash.
0: LockedOn Flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto, and you can find Sean at, at Sean underscore Lavry. All righty. So I wrote about the lovely, crazy off-season that Calgary is going to have. Mm. And I compared Jeff Ward's, um, I guess, promotion um, to like that first piece in Jenga that you move. Because you're like, okay, like that was a safe decision. That was a good one. Right. Now, the next one could also be a safe decision or it's going to be one that throws the whole tower for a loop. And it's i I'm not really sure what's next.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I have no idea what's next either. Like I think all along leading up to the, the ward decision, I felt like if, if ward was, well, first of all, I thought that the, the coaching decision would probably be one of the the last decisions to be made. If not the middle decisions to be made, I thought like decisions on, personnel and rosters and uh Goudreau and Monaghan and whoever you want. I thought all oh, that would have been handled first and then you you kind of once all the pieces are picked up and you have a roster, then you name a coach to kind of that complements that roster. That's how I thought the process was gonna go. Um, you know, obviously I'm wrong. I don't think, you know, there's no right way or wrong way in, in terms of the order to do all this stuff. Um as long as in the end you have a team that you feel more confident in and in winning a playoff round, that's really all that matters. So you know, I'm not critical of the order, but um, I just, I I didn't see this happening in in this way. But um, regardless, like you said, with your great analogy, the first piece of the Jenga block has been pulled out. Um, The first one's always easy. It's nice and safe. Uh, And and you're right. Now the second one is where we get, um, where things can get a little hairy. Um, My, with Ward being named head coach and, you know, kind of carrying things over from last season, um, I, I feel like now that my my, how much change I'm anticipating is is lower now than it was probably yesterday when we when Ward was still interim head coach and we wasn't sure who was going to be behind the bench. Like I feel like there's still obviously a, a great chance that there's going to be change in Calgary. Um, I'm just one who now tends to think that it's probably going to be less than what we would have otherwise seen. What do you think, Jess? Do you think Ward being named head coach really changes things for someone like Goudreau or Monahan or or any other moves that Tree Living wanted to make?
0: I don't think so. I mean, I think it's still going to be busy, a busy off-season. And I I just feel like now's the time to do it, so tree living is probably just going to go all in.
1: Yeah, I saw another great analogy on Twitter, and I liked it. I used my likes as bookmarks. I don't really... You know, I don't click like because I like something. I like it <laughs> so that I can remember it. Um, and it's from Ryan Pike, um, who does some uh, great coverage of the Flames uh, and the Hitman and everything around Calgary for Flames Nation. Um, he said the Flames are like that high racing or high performance racing car, um, and coaches are the steering wheel of the car. And the Flames have you know swapped steering wheels a bunch of times, but they've never changed the engine. And so now they finally get a chance to. Uh, you know, finally change the engine and tune up the engine if they so choose or they can just replace the steering wheel and lose in the first round again. So, um, <laughs> you know, when, when Ryan put out that analogy, I was like, that's, you know, like your Django one, it's a great analogy. Um, but the phrasing that Ryan used, you know, while I'm pessimistic in terms of how much change is going to happen now that war's behind the bench, um, Ryan's tweet did kind of push me. It's like, well, you know, like maybe he's right. Maybe changing the steering wheel and then now you now you go to the engine and overhaul it um, is the way to do things. So, you know, it's it's interesting. I'm not sure. You know, it's I guess it's easier for a way. In a way that uh, Tree Living can now make moves, knowing who his coach is and mm-hmm. and kind of the philosophy of Jeff Ward, I guess if if Ward were to have one, because he took over midseason, where you can't really implement your philosophy as a head coach, right? That's mm-hmm. you're just kind of at that point trying to survive and keep your head above water. So, um, I guess Ward and Tree Living can now kind of work together on on personnel if they wanted to. Um, do you think, let's say, you know, we're obviously expecting a lot of change in Calgary. Do you think it's going to be harder for Ward to succeed, you know, taking over a completely new roster if if Calgary were to overhaul things uh, a lot? Or do you think he'd have a better chance of success kind of working with the pieces that he he knows about?
0: I think that it's kind of like a clean slate because, like, he knows the team, you know, obviously from this season, but now he can maybe be in Tree Living's ear a little bit more and say, hey, you know, I was thinking maybe we, we make this move or what do you think about um, switching things around here and doing that and just kind of, um, you know, building what he sees as a successful team and people he can coach maybe a little easier.
1: Right. Yeah, it's 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 nice now that they can work together if if they want to. I don't know kind of what their relationship is like, and you know some GMs love having input from everywhere, and some GMs are like, "Guys, shut up, just let me do my job." So, yeah, um, at least now they they have the opportunity if they still so choose. The flames like literally nothing has changed other than the the head coach doesn't have interim next to his name anymore um so nothing's changed my confidence around the team hasn't changed at all going into next mm-hmm. season like i still kind of feel the same way i did uh yesterday and the day before that and and obviously <laughs> when when the season ended um let's say you know today on monday september 14th that they went with someone like galant or labiolette and and changed a their head coach with a bigger name um, but the roster moves obviously haven't been made yet. Would you feel more confident today with with a name like Galap behind the bench uh, and no roster tweaks uh, about the team uh, than you did yesterday?
0: Um, maybe. I I don't know. I guess I don't think that the issue is with who's behind the bench. I really just think that there's it's what's On the ice and what's on paper like the roster essentially i i don't know yeah uh, i just i don't think that it's any coaches like obviously it's their job but i don't think that it's just like okay you throw in a big name guy and it's just automatically fixed
1: right and that's the thing too and it's you know if you have two options and and there's one and they're you know at least similar options maybe not the same Mm -hmm. but at least similar um, the Flames obviously have one option and Jeff Ford, what who they know and, and kind of they know his deal and what he's like all and right. what he brings. Um, so it's always, you know, safer and easier to go with the option that you know as opposed to the option that you don't know. And then the other element into this whole decision is with the pandemic and everything and, and the financial insecurity of all sports right now, is Jeff Ford is gonna come at a much cheaper price than any of those big name exactly. coaches that, you know, we've kind of been circling like Caliant or or Babcock or Laviolette, right? Like those guys are going to demand. Um, right.
0: They're going to want their bag. They're going to want their money. Exactly.
1: So, and, you know, the Flames as a franchise, even on, under normal circumstances, they, they've never been that team that's gone all out and, and really mm-hmm. spent all that money on a head coach. Um, and, you know, let alone now when the <laughs> pandemic has kind of taken away so much of their income. Um, it's, it's not surprising to see them go, you know, you don't call it the cheaper route, but, um, right. this is obviously the route where they're going to save a little bit more money. Um, uh, I don't think that, that kind of th- this, like, you know, weighing the finances would have been a, mm-hmm. a key, um, uh, point in making this decision, but you know, it is something uh, worth mentioning for sure.
0: Absolutely. And like you said, there's so much uncertainty surrounding the game and who knows what revenue is going to look like and things like that. Um, I'm not sure if the Flames have done this, but I know the Bruins organization did um, literally like two days after the uh, league went on a pause and everybody was just like casually losing their jobs. Um, they were still looking and kind of requiring deposits for season ticket holders for uh, next season. Right. So I don't know if the Flames have done that in kind of – like i don't want to say it like as a safety net because they're not like us (laughs) they have money they have but yeah like i i don't know i guess like uh it who knows i i'm glad that they went with jeff ward instead of risking it all
1: yeah like it's it's the safe option i think and (laughs) you know there's there's far there's, there's not a whole lot of negative with this decision. Like I, it's not like I can't think of honestly too much. Neg- like the only negative thing is, is that coaching decision in game six against the stars. But like I said, the Flames are going to lose that game likely anyways. Um, and you know, now Jeff Ford has had that learning opportunity and, and can kind of build off of that and grow from that. So um, overall, like a, The only surprising thing to me about this, like I said, is just kind of how quickly it all came together. Maybe maybe it doesn't feel quickly to some, but to me it felt like this happened a lot sooner than I thought it would. So um, there we go. Jeff Ward is the Flames' official head coach and no longer the interim head coach going into next season. Um, Just one more bit of Flames news actually from the weekend, which was nice to see the Flames get back into the, uh, the news feed, is Mark Giordano wins the Mark Messier Leadership Award. Jess, do you have any hot takes on the Mark Messier Leadership Award?
0: Um, honestly, no. No, me I, neither. I, no. I <laughs> uh, kind of forgot that it was a thing. But um, just because I feel like there's so much hype around other awards, more, with, I don't know. But congrats to Gio. It's well deserved.
1: It is a, a nice recognition for him. Like, I'm yeah. sure he feels good winning it, uh, given all the options. The cool thing about this award, and, you know, I know nothing about the award until about 30 minutes ago when I was on the, <laughs> the Mark Messier leadership award Wikipedia page is that I thought this was just kind of one of these awards that maybe journalists pick or, or maybe the head coaches pick, but this is an award at least right now that Mark Messier is picking. So I guess, um, Ooh. Messier is actually having to watch hockey. Um, he, I guess he <laughs> kind of have, has a job if even though he's retired, like he has to watch the games and kind of see who's doing what. And obviously at the end of the year, pick his leadership award winner. So, um, you know, that kind of gives it some cool credibility for for someone yeah. like Giordano that a legend like Messier has recognized you and, and chosen you out of all the options he's had. So uh, there we go. Some hot takes on the Marc Messier Leadership Award. It is good for Giordano. He obviously has a great story going undrafted and all that, winning the Norris. So this is just another little line to add to the resume in terms of highlights for him. So um, there we go. The Flames take home an individual award, even though they had a very similar season to last, losing disappointingly in the first round. Uh, the NHL playoffs. Still ahead in the show, we actually have to get back into the NHL playoffs. The conference finals uh, continued over the weekend, so we'll catch you up on all the action there. You are listening to Locked on Flames.
0: Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. Sean, did you watch any hockey this weekend?
1: <laughs> no, I watched, I hardly watched any sports. As we mentioned yep. earlier, I'm on the overnight shifts at work these days. So um, I kind of, I kind of missed all the action during the day. I, I, I love watching football on Sundays. Like the NFL is one of my favorite yes. things to watch. So um, I was so rattled yesterday having to sleep pretty much through all the football and then only being able to catch a little bit of the Sunday night game before I have to head off to work. So. Uh, no, I was trying my hardest to watch football and, and couldn't and couldn't even do that. So uh, not to beat around the bush. I did not watch any hockey whatsoever. Uh, but I felt like I've I've been here before. Like it's not too long ago that we were in round two and all the series were at 3-1. <laughs> and now we're in the conference finals and we're right back to 3-1 for everything. Tampa's up 3-1 on the Islanders and Dallas is up 3-1 on Vegas. Just, just to keep things consistent around here at Locked on Flames, I'll ask you the same questions I asked you uh, during round two when all the series were 3-1. Is there a series that you think can get pushed to game seven?
0: Um, you know, I picked Tampa and Boston last time. So I'm going to say uh, Dallas and Vegas. Please, I'm I'm begging you. I need some sort of entertainment. Like, I don't know. I don't really um, – the thought of Dallas being in the cup finals does nothing for me, and I feel bad saying that, but no. it just doesn't – I don't know. They're just not a team. I don't hate them, but they're just not. I'd rather see Vegas.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't feel bad about saying that at all because you know I think uh, there's a a large majority that's on your side as opposed mm-hmm. to the side of people dying to see Dallas in the Cup final. I think the yeah. only people that are dying to see Dallas in the Cup final
0: are Dallas fans. Are,
1: exactly, people in yeah. Dallas are, are <laughs> Dallas fans. So, um, and also for the sake of just content, I want both these series to go to Game Seven so yeah. that we can have hockey. Uh, stick around for a few more days than it otherwise would because of Tampa wins and Dallas wins and these series end in five games then you know, the cup could pretty much be handed out October 1st or right around there and even earlier. So, um, you know, just for the sake of content, let's, let's make everything go to game seven and just kind of stretch it out as much as possible. And um, it's funny because the NHL would be dying for game sevens all over the place because that's more, you know, revenue for them in, in terms of fans coming into the building and obviously more games on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this scenario... I guess they do have some sort of TV revenue attached to it. But in this scenario, it feels like the longer things go on and for the playoffs, it feels like the more money the NHL loses in terms of having to pay for the hotels and all the food and all the, you know, just kind of the life in the bubble. Right. So um, I wonder how the NHL feels about this. I wonder if they are the typical NHL and wanting everything to go as long as possible and make as much money as possible. Or are they like, guys, let's wrap this up. So we stop have to pay for your hotels.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that, They kind of just want to wrap it up because like you said it is expensive i'm sure that it costs an ungodly amount of money to well now they're just down to one bubble but before that's still like so much like staff and everything Mm -hmm. but you know fingers crossed that they go seven simply for us because we need content
1: (laughs) do it for us at locked on flames yes come on tampa and dallas the two teams with nothing to do about calgary but um, (laughs) we'll keep our fingers crossed we are i guess halfway more than halfway over uh in the conference finals which means you know the playoffs as a whole are obviously a lot closer to finishing than they are to starting do you have a a con smith front runner at all like is there been a play because for me there hasn't been i have no idea who's been the best player of these playoffs (laughs) like it's it's been strange. I I want Anton Kadovin to yeah. win the con Smythe. And our, our friend Josh Clark over at Locked On Stars actually threw out a tweet over the weekend. Kadobin in the Western Conference Finals has a three and one record with a 164 goals against average, a 952 save percentage, and one shutout. So, um, I mean, at least if if we're gonna hand out the Conn Smythe Award for just the Western Conference final, maybe it's Kadobin being the front runner there. Um, but in terms of the playoffs as a whole, I mean, you know, Kucherov is leading and, and point, I believe, is co leading with Kucherov for, yeah. for the lead and points in the playoffs. So, I mean, you can always go the easy route there and pick one of those two guys. But overall, like, it feels like no individual player has kind of taken over these playoffs, which has been strange.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I definitely would say that Braden point is probably your best bet out of the East simply because like, I mean, he's had a tremendous, I don't have the numbers up, but like, you know, I'm pretty sure he won. He had the game winning goal in overtime for like two of the three games um so it's just like okay i guess you're <laughs> i guess you're good for something but <laughs> uh, yeah i would love to see uh, anton hudomid win it because he's just he's a character he's great
1: uh, the, every conspite winner i believe takes a photo with the commissioner gary bettman on the ice <laughs> uh after they win it and i feel like the facial expression that we get from Kadoban uh, having to take that photo uh could potentially be like one of the all-time nhl means be the best
0: that we ever
1: see right so and it, it'll be weird this year like I wonder how that's going to work with Bettman. Like, I don't know if he's. I don't think he's been in the bubbles at all. Like,
0: yeah, every, I haven't seen anything.
1: And every interview I've seen of Bettman on Zoom has been him in his house, like wherever his house is. I believe in the <laughs> state of New York, it somewhere. But um, yeah, I'm not sure if Bettman's been in the bubbles at all. Maybe he's going there now so that he can quarantine for two weeks, and then at the, at the end of the Cup final, hand at the Cup yeah. is normal. Like, it's going to be weird. Maybe maybe there is no photo with the consmite my winner this year and the commissioner, or maybe Bettman's wearing a mask or. You
0: know, yeah, it, however they want to do it. This will be I'm, something
1: to research to see if he's been in or not, because I haven't yeah. seen him in a bubble yet.
0: I'm interested to see how they handle the, uh, the whole trophy celebration at the end of the game, because it's like, you know, typically they're skating around, kissing the cup, <laughs> and all this stuff. It's like, how, how are we going to do that? Right. But I think at the end of the day, it's just kind of going to – they don't care. Right. There, it's been like seven weeks no covid tests everybody's quarantined like these guys are going to do what they want to do regardless
1: yeah and maybe it'll be you know kind of a, a unique way obviously to win you know um but yeah. maybe a little more special because it's, it's literally it would just be their their family um mm-hmm. with them at that moment which is probably you know one of their their best moments of their life so Uh, Oh, I'm sure. Who knows? Maybe it could be a a little bit of a positive, but it'll certainly for us, like fans Mm -hmm. at home watching on TV, it'll be bizarre. And it'll be like so awkward just watching guys hoist this cup to an empty empty building. Yeah. Like, guys, look at this. No one's looking at you. So uh, who knows? (laughs) As long
0: as it's not on uh, Boston ice again. And it's the opponent winning, I'm fine. Well,
1: that is certain. It'll be on Edmonton Ice. So um, no no fretting there at all. So
0: yeah, (laughs) there we go
1: a busy Monday in terms of the Flames. We were crossing our fingers all weekend for some Flames news and boy did they deliver. They actually got us something of, of substance. So coming up this week we'll obviously continue to dive deeper into the decision of Jeff Ward being named head coach and then you know obviously that's we've talked about dominoes and Jenga blocks a lot this offseason so uh, we've pulled out our first Jenga block. Our first domino has fallen so you know now we're kind of waiting on Uh, the chain reaction of everything else to happen. So what could that be? You know, we'll spend plenty of time this week figuring out uh, the next steps here for the Flames now that they officially have their head coach. You can follow us on Twitter. Jess is at Jessica Balmasto, and I'm at Sean underscore Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each day. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to Locked on Stars. As I mentioned, Josh Clark earlier, um, he's alongside Kenneth Nash and those guys give you um, some great analysis, Uh, Dallas being up 3-1 in the Western Conference Final. Um, So please tune into Locked On Stars and all the other Locked On NHL podcasts, whether the teams are still in the playoffs or not. Uh, Some great content is being made. So Jess, thanks for today, and we'll chat tomorrow. Thank
0: you. Yes, catch you tomorrow.